Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Today we're going to be continuing from the last podcast episode where we stopped. Um, I'm titling this Benay Elohim and the Divine Council. So if you've not listened to the last podcast episode, you're going to be generally confused. The last podcast episode is called Are We Gods? We're looking at the question of God, who is the believer a God and all that. So lovely teaching, plenty good stuff in there. Go check that one then come back to this one so you don't get confused. All right. Now let's continue. So the last episode, we were looking at John 10, 34, and we concluded that the term God has a different meaning, you know, to the ancient Hebrew, depending on the context. Okay. So, um, the idea in the last episode was just like a very mild recap was just that when you say the word god all right when we think of god we're thinking of yahweh you know that guy that's god but the word god in the old testament period all right to the ancient jew ancient mesopotamian you know eastern middle eastern person at that time was the the word god was more generic right so that's why you have other gods gods was like a generic word even samuel um is called a god when he's dead so the idea of god there is that it's just uh, it's just a word is like saying the word spirit in a sense like if you think about the idea of word spirit like spirit is very generic god is a spirit angels are spirits um demons are spirits you know you have different spiritual beings so it's like a realm are you with me like that word god is like a realm that encapsulates other gods. that's why you now have the most high god are you with me there's a distinction between this particular god or elohim and the other ones okay so we're not saying that there are plenty of gods no the idea is that the word god in the ancient mind had a more like generic meaning so it wasn't something you just ascribe it was used for god but other beings as well again i explained this in great detail in the last episode okay so um this explanation led us to psalm 82 where we saw something unique happening where we saw god all right judging some other gods in the midst of other gods (laughs) okay so god judging some other gods in the midst of other gods and um or the word there that is translated as God in the ancient Hebrew, if you are one of those nerds, is Elohim. Okay? So God, the Elohim God, among other Elohim, judging some other Elohim. I hope that's more explanatory. Alright? And um, these guys who are referring to are not angels. Because there is this idea or this oversimplification that we have um, normally in Christendom, which is... Um, Oh, there's God, there's angels, and there's demons. And I wish, I really, really wish it was that simple. But your Bible doesn't support just that. The reason why we come to that conclusion is because we don't read our Old Testament. Um, we just read the New Testament and then we conclude. But meanwhile, your Bible, the New Testament is like one quarter of your Bible. The Old Testament, what you call the Old Testament is three quarters of your Bible. The Old Testament is actually what Jesus had as his Bible. It's what the apostles use as their own Bible. It's literally the Bible. And there is nothing that they taught in the New Testament that did not have its context in the Old Testament or what we call the Old Testament today, which is incorrect, very incorrect. You understand? It's just one book. 
and what the apostles were teaching where it's like you studying something right we call it rightly dividing the world of truth you studying this material and then making your own notes you studying this material and then explaining it's like maybe a textbook you are you study the main have you ever used go see you go or so these biology textbooks that are massive then you take those notes, you study those notes, then you make your own notes, you explain some things, clarify some things, you know. So many people are reading that version as their Bible. So that's why you have some Bibles like the Gideon's Bible that just has, I think, Psalms, Proverbs, and then has the New Testament. No Old Testament because there's this, it's a bad idea that you can just divorce this old and how one is not for us again and it's difficult to understand and da 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 and there's this new one but there's no way you can if they just give you the new testament and they didn't give you what you call the old you can't really understand the new it looks straightforward but you, you many things you see in that that new they are referring to in the old they're talking about it in the old so you, you can't divorce the two you have to read everything <laughs> you know cheers to the lazy christian you need to read everything. Genesis to Revelation is important. They are equally important. There's none that is, we would say, less important or significant. They are all equally important. Think about it that Jesus didn't have your New Testament, the one you're reading. He didn't have it. It was actually the Old Testament that you're running away from. <laughs> like the book of Numbers. <laughs> but it was their Bible. So you shouldn't run from it. You should read everything. So as I was saying, this oversimplification comes from um, an erroneous reading of the Bible where you just read the New Testament and that's all. You know, you don't really understand that that foundation is coming from somewhere. Are you seeing that? So, but if you go through scriptures properly, you're going to find that there's more. There's actually more. In fact, in your New Testament, what am I saying? Even in your New Testament, you will see that it's not just angels, demons, and God. There, there are more beings involved in that, even your New Testament. So, let's let's move on. All right, so um, the ancient um, Jew, ancient person, you know, Near East Mediterranean person, people who existed in that area, they had a certain concept, all right, of the spiritual world. They had a certain concept of God. They had a, a certain mindset about how the spiritual realm worked. And um, this this found its way into their theology into their their teachings of god so um according to them all right they had there was a hierarchy god had a hierarchy it was like um you have god then you have these other beings and then those other beings there were different ranks of those other beings so you have god then you have the ones we call benay elohim or benay el in some cases and all that um, the sons of God and then you had the angels and everything we're talking about we're going to exp- you know look at scriptures for it alright so you had the, the sons of God then you had what we call angels the word malak alright in the Hebrew malak which just means messenger alright and you're going to see later that the word malak or angel is a very generic word what does that mean it means that just the same way you have that Elohim as a generic word it's the same way malak is like for example, God can be Malak. How? If there's a message to, you know, to be delivered and God is the one that delivers the message, he is called the angel of the, you know, there are texts like that. We'll see that in probably much later episodes where you see the angel of the Lord. And yet they're talking about Yahweh. It's God they're talking about. Meanwhile, he's called the angel. So that word angel is very generic. 
Are you seeing that? It's generic. However, there is a class of them that, you know, take messages and the one, that, some of those ones that you know, the Gabriel ones, and there's that class of them also. But you have God, you have the Bene El or Bene Elohim, and then you have the Malak. All right. But again, Malak is a bit generic because Malak can be, you know, if the Bene Elohim do a message or send a message or go in God's stand, they are sent. They are also called Malak. Anyway, let's just be moving. So, um, look at this. God has a spiritual or supernatural family. All right. God has a spiritual family, a supernatural family. Now, what we know as the family of God normally is um, us, all right? We are God's family, and that's correct. However, before all this good stuff happened, all right, before you were brought into the family of God that Paul talks about so much, God already had another family, all right? And he still does, including us. Look at Psalm 82, verse 6. I have said you are gods, you are sons of the Most High, all of you. Okay? And that word son sometimes is translated as children. Alright? So this is actually 72 where God is amongst these other guys and he's judging this other set of beings. And he's saying, I said you are gods. Alright? You are Elohim. You are sons of the Most High. That was their status. Sons of the Most High or children of the Most High. Are you seeing that? So, it connotes more of a family status. Now, um, how how do we know this? How do we know this? Well, first of all, you have to realize that um, your Bible, many times, is the, the writers are trying to capture a spiritual reality using natural terms. They're trying to capture a reality they know exists using what's like, it's like I'm trying to use what is around me to communicate what is unseen. I'm using what is seen to communicate what is unknown. That, that kind of thing. So, they, they know that there is a hierarchy, that this is, there is the way God rules. And so, there was a concept in their time of rulership. For example, um, the ancient Egyptians, right? The They had a system of rulership. Actually, the word Pharaoh actually means household. Or some would say great household. It means household. So, it actually describes Pharaoh's rule in partnership with his family or extended family. So, it's not just that Pharaoh rules, but Pharaoh's entire household is in power. So, if a Pharaoh is in power, his household, his family is also in power. They are the ones who take the important and prominent roles and positions. You know, now on a little, you know, side journey here, if you remember when Moses, uh, no, not Moses, <laughs> what's his name? Joseph, when he became the vice regent of Pharaoh that became the second in command, you notice that Pharaoh quickly gave him his, his I think it's his sister, was it? I stand to be corrected, sister or daughter. I think his sister, yeah, sister to marry. You get, in other words, he brought him into his family. Are you seeing that? So, they, they, that's the idea of the rule. They rule, um, you know, as a family. So, the most important positions and slots all over the land is the family of the Pharaoh that rules. And the idea is, one of the ideas of that was to keep an eye on them. You know, your own family, keep an eye on them so that they don't stab you in the back. All right. So, um, you have Pharaoh, you have his family, his sons slash his family, and then you have the lower servants. That makes up the Egyptian hierarchy of rule. And you see this in other cultures also where the king and his family were the ones who were ruling. 
and um, then you now had the other seven. So this is the same concept that they they used to explain. So you know those would be called the sons of Pharaoh. So they they they, they took that concept. You see that to describe the hierarchy of God's leadership. Is it leadership or rulership? kingship system okay so god's own family as we said has a similar structure you have god you have the sons of god you have angels all right so let's now go into the good stuff right we've finished talking the theory let's go into the scriptures and you know on earth what we just said okay so a few facts about these sons of god they were there before creation and they witnessed it. So Job 38 verse 1. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkens counsel by words of, without knowledge? Okay, so if you remember the story of Job after he suffered and suffered and suffered, then God finally comes and answers him. And so this is what God says to him. Verse 3. Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. By the way, I'm using the ESV and um, I'm saying that because if you're following with your Bible, sometimes you may find out that some of the things in your own Bible are not the same. Um, I wonder what what am I what's going on here? You know, there's a, later I will talk about the ESV and some translations and why I think the ESV is actually really good, really nice. Um, Job 38 verse four. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Verse five. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? Verse six. On what were its bases sunk? So already you can see when they are mentioning who laid the found were you there when i laid the function of the earth you are seeing that they are talking about creation right <laughs> talking about creation or who stretched the line upon it verse six on what were its bases sunk or who laid its cornerstone verse seven when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of god shouted for joy are you seeing that so these sons of God are also or were also referred to as morning stars. Are you seeing that? Um, later, later episodes will talk about why you see. So that's why they are also called the stars of God. Later episodes. All right. Um, so it says the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So the idea of the fact that they sang together tells you that they are intelligent. All right. They are not dumb. They are they are living beings they are highly intelligent you know to sing is is an intelligent activity so they are intelligent and it says they shouted for joy all right so here you can see clearly that they were at creation they were not made at creation they existed before creation and they were there cheering god on when he was creating are you seeing that um they also appear in the book of job like two more times for example, Job 1, 6, the first time they appeared, said, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came among them. Right? So you can see clearly that um, that popular story, that's where we actually see them make their debut. Um, they were there, these sons of God. Remember we said that it's like a, God has a council, okay? We'll go into that a bit more, you know, later parts of this episode but god has a council he rules in a council all right so it makes sense that they came to present themselves before the lord and then of course um satan came among them all right um verse so job 2 verse 1 again there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord so the first time is when this uh guy this the satan comes and then um 
says that one and then we know what ensues if you don't know what ensues go and read it all right i'm not going to say it here go and read it um you need to read the bible more verse 10 job 2 is now the continuation after the satan has carried out the first um thing he did on job and job loses everything then he comes a second time to say ah let's inflict him with sickness and he will cause you okay so now if you look at the interactions you will see the same thing that god is ruling through these beings god is administering through these beings like god doesn't need anybody but you see clearly that god has these people and he's ruling through them so look let's look at um this uh psalms 82 again it says god has taken his place in the divine council all right or assembly in the midst of the gods he holds judgment so he is judging he's carrying out his rule but he's doing it amongst like he does he doesn't do it alone he has these other guys who are with him these sons of god who are together with him ruling you know together as i said it is not um or it doesn't mean that there are different gods in quotes no this is god and then god is ruling through these lesser beings that he created that's what happens all right um look at psalm 89 verse 6 for who in disguise can be compared to the lord who among the heavenly beings is like the lord that word heavenly beings again actually still refers to these guys all right um look at verse 7 a god greatly to be feared in the council are you seeing that council or assembly of the holy ones is still the same guys he's referring to all right and also above all who are around him are you seeing that so notice there's a god greatly to be feared in the council so he is not equal to these guys they're not equal to him he is above them are you seeing that he is above them he is greatly to be feared in the council that's what is said about him they are not making him the same as the others no he's greatly to be feared he made them are you seeing that um of course it doesn't stop some of them from rebelling as we'll see later <laughs> um so this administration of god ruling through these guys it gets clearer in the next passage okay so this is a bit of a long read but um it's quite interesting so bear with me we're going to read first kings 22 all right so from verse 1 for three years syria and israel continued without war but in the third year jehoshaphat the king of judah came down to the king of israel and the king of israel said to his servants do you know that ramot gilead belongs to us and we keep quiet and do not take it out of the hand of the king of syria and he said to jehoshaphat will you go with me to battle at ramot gilead all right so little background here um israel after solomon was split into two because of solomon's foolish son anyway that was and um so like two tribes were belonged to what we call judah remained with um solomon but the other 10 tribes you know got scattered they, i think it was you know there's those two guys jeroboam Rehoboam also so the other 10 tribes went with this other guy so it, so israel was fractured into two for for a very 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 long time so but there were rare occasions and then the 10 tr- tribes were always usually evil the the other two tribes or judah usually had good kings the other guys always had very messed up bad kings um but on some rare occasions they would come together and you know be at peace and focus on other enemies so that's what's happening here so verse 4 and he said to jehoshaphat will you go with me to battle at ramot gilead and jehoshaphat said to the king of israel i am as you are my people are as your people my horses are your horses and jehoshaphat said to the king of israel inquire first for the word of the lord so jehoshaphat is the king from judah 
alright, and he values the Lord. So he's saying, we are about to go to battle, but let's ask God first. We can't just go and do that. So, and the king of Israel, alright, in this case, I think that's Ahab, gathered the, you know, the prophets together, about 400 men, alright, we call these guys yes men, and you're going to see why, and said to them, shall I go to battle against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? And they said, go up, for the Lord will give it to you, the hand of a king, alright? So, yes men, they, they uh, say, Lord, say, uh, king, go, you're, you're going to win, you're going to conquer. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here another prophet of the Lord of whom we, we may inquire? So, these guys are supposed to be prophets, um, but Jehoshaphat is not satisfied. He says, is there no other prophet of the Lord? All right. Um, verse 8, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, Micaiah, the son of Il- Imla. But I hate him, for he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. Then the king of Israel summoned an officer and said, bring quickly Micaiah, the son of Imla. Now the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones, arrayed in their robes, at the threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria, and all the prophets were prophesying before them. And Zedekiah, the son of Chinna, these names, Chinana, alright, Chinana, that's a nice name, made for himself horns of iron and said, thus says the Lord, with these you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed. So, I mean, this guy, this, 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 this prophet here went the extra mile. You know, this guy has been excellent. He actually makes horns of iron. Man, that's, that, this guy had to go to a blacksmith and do all that stuff. And he says, thus says the Lord, like, ah, good Lord Jesus, right? It's quite interesting because we're going to see what, see what happens next, right? These guys are saying, this is what God says, with this you shall push the Syrians until they are destroyed, and all the prophets prophesied and said and so and said, okay, all the prophesied oh, wow. And all the prophets prophesied so and said, Go up to Ramoth Gilead and triumph. The Lord will give it into the hand of the king. Ooh, man, yeah, like if you have 400 guys, and I from here it doesn't actually say that they are prophets of Baal or something like that. Alright? It actually says they are prophets of God. You have 400 guys here who are actually saying the same thing. And you feel good about yourself. You're like, man, surely this must be God. (laughs) Verse 13. And the messenger who went to summon Micaiah said to him, Behold, the words of the prophets with one accord are favorable to the king. Let your word be like the word of one of them and speak favorably. That is, guy, don't mess up. When you go there, say the same thing these other guys are saying. They've already said he's going to succeed. Don't come there and say nonsense. Say the same thing right say the same thing so but Micaiah said as the Lord lives what the Lord says to me then I will speak and when he had come to the king the king said to him Micaiah shall we go to Ramoth Gilead to battle or shall we refrain and he answered go up and triumph the Lord will give it into the hand of the king <laughs> look at verse 16 but the king said to him how many times shall I make you swear <laughs> that you shall speak to me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord so obviously this was not the first time it's like a game <laughs> he will call this guy the guy who starts with a mockery like ah, oh of course king go ahead go ahead so he has to force him say my guy stop lying tell me the truth <laughs> you know, kings can be very very stubborn because you are going to see he heard the guy's counsel and he still refused it Verse 17, and he said, I saw all Israel scattered to the mountains. So when he asked him, he said, Tell the truth, my guy. I swear that you will tell me the truth. 
He now spoke, said, I saw Israel scattered in the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, These have no master. Let each one return to his own home in peace. <laughs> and the king of Israel said to Joshua, Did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me, but evil? And Micaiah said, He therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Now look at this. This is where we're heading to. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. Are you seeing that? So, God is sitting and there's these guys, because you are going to see that another name for the sons of God, they, they have different names, but one of them is the heavenly beings, the heavenly host, and even the watchers. We're going to see that in Daniel. The heavenly beings, the heavenly host, all right? Um, these are some of the guys that Paul later will now call principalities and powers and all that. Not in every, well, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. Look at verse 20. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab? So think about this. There's a whole host of beings, and God is God has an agenda for this meeting. He says, Who will entice Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? So God has had enough of Ahab. If you know Ahab, Ahab polluted Israel with um idol worship, and he's the one that married Jezebel and it was just horrible. So God's like, oh, I'm fed up with these guys. This guy got to go. He has to go. So how does God do that? All right. It says here, who is going to go up and entice um, Ahab that he may fall? That he let him, the plan is let him go into battle. I will not support him. He will die there. And <laughs> so one of those guys, one of the hosts comes and says one thing. And that says another verse 21. Then the spirit came forward now the idea that the spirit tells you that this is not happening in your backyard this is not happening on the earth this is happening in the realm of the spirit so it's spirits that are there god is a spirit the other beings are spirits so a spirit one of them came forward and stood before the lord saying i will entice him and the lord said to him by what means and he said i will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets and he said you are to entice him and you shall succeed go out and do so so if you look at it what it looks like here is that um because god is omnipresent omniscient he knows everything so he knows what's going to work but he still allows these guys to deliberate you see that there's this co-rulership thing going on there where he allows them oh yeah okay this, this is the agenda uh, what should we do? He knows what to do, but he's like, what, what should we do? And this one comes to show you that none of them, all of them have, have they're not on the same quotient as God. They're not perfect like God. They're not. So this one is saying one thing is nonsense. That one is saying another thing is nonsense. Then one of them now says the correct thing that will work. And then God knows it works. So, okay, no, I like, okay, you go ahead. So notice that God is not the one who executes that. He says, okay, no, I like, go, you will succeed. So the guy goes to execute that counsel. The point is that God is ruling with other beings he's not just he can rule by himself he doesn't need other beings but he chooses to co-rule with others and you know me ask uh, uh, why is he doing that uh, the question is why why is he doing that with you today as a believer as you are now the bible says now nah, with the sons of god why why is he doing why is he ruling with you why is he using you to preach the gospel why is he using us as the church to reach the world he can do it himself but he uses us it appears that god likes that kind of thing so case closed so um, look at 23 now therefore behold the Lord has allowed, I will use the word allowed the lion spirit in the mouth of all these prophets the Lord has declared disaster for you so you can imagine that all these yes men were just lying <laughs> they were all lying 
And um, well, if you know the story, Ahab goes stubbornly, still goes to battle, and then that's where he's killed. And the funny thing about how he's killed is that Ahab, you know, to show how precise this is, in that battle, Ahab decides to, because he's afraid when he has heard this thing, he's still stubborn, he still wants to go to war, but he's afraid when he has heard. So he disguises himself in the battle um, and so that they don't, people don't know he's the king. But in the battle, one of the enemy soldiers literally just pulls a bow and fires it randomly. Like, he's not even aiming for anybody. Just bang, and that arrow <laughs> locates Ahab. And that's how Ahab dies. Alright, let's look at one more of those texts that that show how this rulership thing works. So, Daniel 4 verse 13. I saw in the visions of my head as I lay in bed, and behold, a watcher, a holy one, came from heaven. Came down from heaven. Alright, so, and now what for them is watchers, apparently. Um, verse 14, he proclaimed aloud and said, now this is Nebuchadnezzar talking actually. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and this is the dream, alright? So, um, I think there are other things he saw, but he proclaimed aloud and said, chop down the tree and lop, lop off its branches, stir off its leaves and scatter its fruit, let the beast flee from under it and the best from its branches, but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a hand of iron and bronze amid the tender grass of the field, let him be wet with the dew of heaven, let his portion be laid with the beasts of the uh, beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed into, from a man's and let a beast's mind be given to him and let seven periods of time pass over him. Now look at this. This descendants is by the decree of the watchers. The decision by the word of the holy ones. So look at this. This sentence, who passed the sentence? The decree of the watchers. The decision who, by who? The word of the holy ones. This same council, these same guys. To the end that the living may know that the most high rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowliest of men. Now, if you keep on reading down, you're going to find out that actually this decree was by the most high, but these guys just came to execute it. Are you seeing that? It's like us. When the Bible talks about us being um, in God's kingdom, God's family, all right, um, a royal priesthood, it's not that... It, what we do, the way we partner with God is that we are the ones who administrate his will. It's not that we have our own will. No. God has his own will and we are the ones who administer his will. You know, so that's how this thing works. Okay. Um. So, again, you can see this is, it's a, this is actually very, you can see scripture upon scripture upon scripture, all right, points to the same thing. Points to the same thing that this is, this is actually God's ruling system. All over the scriptures, over the Old Testament, this is later there. Tomorrow we're going to look at, um, well, not tomorrow per se, but when the next podcast episode comes out, we're going to look at the concept of the what we call we call the heavenly hosts. All right, similar concept, you know, different things just saying the same thing. All right, so look at Genesis six verse one. That's now here, and this is I think the last text we're going to read. We also see that these guys, as I said, these beings are not perfect. They rule with God, but we've already seen that they are not omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient like God. They don't have God's qualities. They are lesser beings. All right. Um, they make mistakes. <laughs> and in fact, they also rebel. All right. Um, and that's going to be a different topic entirely. Um, you can just go look, look at Genesis 6 verse 1. When man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive and they took as their wives any that they chose. Are you seeing that? So, um, 
Of course, we know that we know what this result. If you just go read Genesis 3, 4, 5, you see that this resulted in so much pollution and wickedness upon the face of the earth. And that these guys, Jude tells us that these guys were judged, all right? And they were actually kept in prison. This is where the flood of Noah also came in and all that stuff. So we're going to look at all this in later episodes. Um, but the major recap is this, that God, all right, God rules through a divine council, a divine assembly. God delegates some of his, would I say, authority and allows these beings to also carry out certain tasks and duties and all those things. As I said, after this tier, there is also the tier of the Malak, all right, which is messengers, the ones we know commonly, the ones that appear to you and all those things. But this this, this is the hierarchy, all right? So, um, this ties into what we're looking at. Um, are we gods? And of course, the answer is a flat out no. We are not gods per se. All right. But if it is in the scheme of things, if you compare, if you use the generic sense of the word um, Elohim, all right, we are spirit beings. And when we go to be with the Lord, we will also be called that, you know, we'll be part of that Elohim body and all that stuff so guys that's it for today i hope you learned something share this with a friend don't keep it to yourself and i will catch you guys in the next episode god bless you have a wonderful day and bye bye if this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question you can head over to my instagram at pst.essien pst.essien also if you've been blessed and you'd love to support what we do here at MOG Podcast, then you can give to 0106-207-685. I'll say that again. 0106-207-685-GT Bank. God bless you.